Welcome to Two Gays, One Mic, you guys. You're here with Jared. Okay. Ass shaking from across the country. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Body like a menage. Mm, we went to the same doctor. Mine was just on clearance. Okay. <laughs> and the one, the only, the pimp of pimp, Mookie. The pimps of pimps. Say it again for the people in the back. <clears throat> He's, I don't care what you say about him. But you can't get a dollar out of him. Okay. I don't know what's worse. Because I'm a P-I-M-P. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. And this is Two Gays, One Mic. Yes, live, baby. We live. So, you guys, we are on episode five. Thank you guys for supporting thus far. You know, sharing, listening, subscribing, liking, commenting. We have some surprises going on for you guys. So in the upcoming episodes, you know, look for that. We're going to be discussing, you know, different childhood traumas Mm. that you may have gone through. How is that affecting your adult life? Mm. Um, Being authentic to who you are. Mm. And um, just different walls you put up. And are those walls still up? Child, oh, we've been getting our feelings on this episode, huh? I don't have none. I feel that I have some. I gave that up when I when I stopped giving a fuck about these niggas. When you start doing that, as of about when we started recording two minutes ago. Oh, I figured ago. that was something new because, to my knowledge, but I digress about that. Um, anyways, so Jared, jump into it, girl. I'm jump into it. Like, give it to me. Give me all you got. When you were growing up, how authentic to yourself do you feel like you were? Not much because my mind was already clouded with these insecurities. I wasn't accepted as a straight guy. And I won't say I wasn't accepted as a gay person by other gays because I didn't know any other gays in my youth. But it was just, there was so much uncertainty with how I accepted myself physically. Okay. Um, so you not being authentic to who you were. Came from self, not from outside sources. Yeah, growing up, but always as a kid, I was always able to somehow make myself feel bad. Mm. I was always able to make myself feel down and like criticize myself. I've always been that kind of person to be like, okay, bitch, you did this and this is why you feel this way. This is nobody's fault but your own. Mm. I was always able to sit back and say that to myself. But at the same time, I didn't necessarily have anyone to bounce my emotions off of that went unhealed. You, you feel me? Like, right, there's a lot it. of things that if I would have had someone to talk with as a kid, right. I would be a totally different person now. Yeah. As it pertains to my authenticity, I didn't necessarily start taking authenticity into any type of account until like after high school. Cause I was like, I never really, and even after I became quote unquote comfortable with my sexuality Leading up to my graduation high, from high school, I still was like very unsure because my insecurities were heavy. I was large, like mm. I was large in high school, so I already got hit with bullying from people in school. You know how sometimes you feel like adults are bullying you, but they're not bullying you. They're just making like acknowledging you're larger than the other kids. Yeah. That's bullying. Oh, he's big boned. Oh, yeah. girl, you feeding him well. Yeah, I literally had a guy took because we got we had got wristbands and this is middle school. We had got wristbands for something, 
And my wristband was a little tighter than the little skinny little things. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, my wristband. He was like, ain't nobody tell you, tell you to have your wrist that large. And I was just like, wow. Right. I literally had someone tell me elementary school because I kept going to get water. Stop drinking all that water. That's why you're fat now. See, that is just toxic. So that, I, I honestly didn't necessarily think about being authentic to myself because I didn't know myself. Right. I honestly, I will say that I didn't know myself until I was able to graduate. And I honestly was able to move out of my mother's house and learn these things on my own. Growing up, I didn't think about that. I honestly was like so jaded. My mind was everywhere. Like it was one day, I honestly feel like, oof. Not bipolar, but what's, what's the other thing we have? Um, like multiple like personalities. Um, um, associates disorder. Yeah, multiple personalities. Yeah, I felt like that person because I wasn't the only kid, but I kind of had only child syndrome mm. in, in the teenage years where you're molding and you're like self molding. Right. I didn't have all my siblings were out of the house. My mom worked a job. I was a latchkey kid. So I'm home by myself. Mm-hmm. Going through all these little freaking emotions by myself. That's a lot. Okay, so with that being said, Mookie, what about you? Like, Did you have any struggle with defining who, who Mookie was? Who Mookie was? Yeah, I don't, think I, I don't think I fully became myself until moving to D.C. So each like milestone in my life, I thought I was okay with myself. But then they told me, I realized within myself that I wasn't. So growing up, I wasn't authentic to who I was. I couldn't be. For one, I for one, it was on me because I wanted to be like all of my brothers. And that's already putting me behind being true to myself because I want to be like everybody else. And then I was always told I'm not like them. So that that took a damper on me. And when I came out, it was even worse. I got to, I graduated high school and I thought I was being my true self. But I wasn't because I was still hiding because I was scared of what people would say. So I was still only letting the world see what, what I wanted them to see. Mm. Um, and that was all throughout college. Also because I was actively involved on campus. So that that changed some things for me also. Um, but then after moving here, I think I finally grew into myself. I have I had this kind of fuck it attitude. Same. Because like like you say, you grew up you grew up without gay role models. Um for some of us, for me and you, that was the case. So mm-hmm. we didn't know Simple things about being gay. We didn't know what top or bottom was when we was growing up. We didn't know what dishing was. We didn't know what, you know, anal sex was like. We didn't have no one to help us through all of that. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, I had to hide it all and try to grow up with that. Um, and I think that kind of made me be less of who I am. Because I always wanted to be like the straight men, the straight role models I had. Mm. Because that was all I that was all I had. So that was mm. all I could be. Um so then it, I became more homophobic. Like throughout college, I didn't have gay friends. And the ones I had wasn't, they were gay, but they were very discreet. Or they were down low. Or they just wasn't gay. And people thought they were. But I wasn't friends with gay people like that. Same. I was very like anti-gay. Well, I can't be gay with, I can't be friends with the gays because they're this, this, and this. I adapted that mindset, which kind of drew me further away from who I was. Um and I think now, finally, in a different city, away from everything I knew, I was forced to come out of my shell and forced to look at life a different way, which kind of brought out the more, like, more gay in me. My cousin told me today, she was like, I just love how you're, how you're embracing your gayness. And for me, it's not embracing my gayness. It's, it's starting to learn and embrace who I am and what, what that means for me, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I know who 
I did a lot of things to all of that not being who I was came from me wanting to minimize different humiliations that I would probably go through after seeing stuff on TV or different prejudice that people would have against me. Um, so I guess what I'm asking is, is there any ways you saw yourself trying to cover up being gay? Like, is there anything that you did <laughs> to show yourself from being humiliated in public or to be shown any prejudice? Definitely. And I think it's something, something that you and I identify with is that we both grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. There's already expectations of a man, of a Southern man, mm. of a Southern black man. Mm. Um, but for me, the things that was used as a, like a forefront to cover up anything was being able to protect myself. Like I feel like my family making sure I look, Oh Lord Jesus. He don't drop the whole cup y'all. But for, for me, something that, was introduced in my life to try to cover up the masculinity that was kind of forced up upon me. So the toxic masculinity, basically. But, I mean, I was taught to fight. And that was a defense mechanism. So that was something I used to try to hide. Your or, and not even hide, but it was a defense mechanism to, like, gain my respect. mm Okay, any type of respect because what I didn't want nobody to ever feel like they could bitch me out, and that's my philosophy to this day. Right. Like you're not gonna bitch me out. So my family was big in the church, so and it, it, there was never like any like gay intervention thing. Mm, but well, we all can't say that. Um, <laughs> but there was definitely like once they saw me leading and going in the direction I was going, they tried to have some type of male influence, but the male influence they thought they had was terrible. It's another story. He was like half female influence? No, he was just someone I didn't like. Mm. And I was never going to take direction from him. Got it. I was stubborn. I was never going to do so it. So he was... Was he gay? No. Okay, so... Very much so straight. But no, no. They're trying to have someone that was like a, a good heterosexual male influence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was always being able to stand up for yourself. And that... Honestly, what is the mask? I would say right. I wore to try to cover up any like homosexual tendencies I had. Mm-hmm. Being able to defend myself, mind you, I was a mouthy little person, so everything everything debunked itself initially when I started speaking and going off because mm-hmm. I was very much so. I was using my hands. I talk with my neck. Certain words I say, I say them with certain tonality. Everything is debunked because everybody's like, oh, he gay. But like, it was, it was, it was hard for me to, I couldn't, yeah, it was hard for me to even try to put up a front that I was straight. Um, even when I was straight. Um, wow, I was straight for a moment. But with you, were there any things that you felt you had to like put up to try to show that you were masculine? Absolutely. So growing up, I never looked at masculine or feminine as a thing. Um, I just always looked at it. I looked at life as straight or gay, girl or guy. That is it. Mm-hmm. Um, I associated feminine with being a woman and masculine with being a man. So it was my my masculine range was very wide, but I didn't think about those things. Um, but I put I put up many I put up I did many things to minimize that. Um, I tried to play sports. Lord, it didn't work mm-hmm. out. Okay, I quit football so fast, <laughs> quick, fast, and in a hurry. 
And everybody that knew me, on that because I did the same thing. Everybody that knew me knew basketball wasn't my sports. My siblings was great, hip hip hooray. But you get me on the court, I was discombobulated. Okay, um, so I tried that. I tried all the sports. Great. I quit football. I quit basketball after one chop. I did bitty basketball, and I quit. I quit track. I quit band. Just none of those things was my thing. I didn't like it. I just wanted to be a student. I barely liked school. So those were like mm. masks that I tried to put up um, to try to show that. I was like, if I play sports, I'm less gay. If I do this, I'm less gay. Um, I mean, I never really hung around my brothers, so I can't say I tried to be around my brothers more to make me look more straight because I never really hung around them that much. Um, I was always around my sisters and my mom. Um, but that was like one thing. Um, another thing I did was I always avoided relationship questions or dating questions or just topics referring to like sex relationships. If I saw the conversation going there, I found a way to escape it before it went there. Um, that was, but that was just my way of avoiding identifying as gay because I knew that brought, that brought a type of humiliation. And for my family, it was hard because they're prideful. Like not because like my dad is like governor or nothing, but because my family is known and they have a lot of pride. So I wasn't all, I wasn't just humiliating myself. I was humiliating my entire family. Um, so then I looked at it as, oh, well, I need to find different ways, different mechanisms to hide this. To hide it so that way I didn't get judged as harshly. Have you ever told your parents that you had you felt like you had to hide those things? I feel like I'm grown and I don't have to tell no one that. I feel like we know what we do to people. And if we don't, then we're mm, not. Speak on it. Ooh. We're not self-evaluating, and that in itself is a problem. Um, so I'm going to assume my parents know. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't done anything to try to make me hide lately, but probably because they know I'm very strict and that it won't happen. I don't think I owe. I don't think I have to tell them you made me hide. You know you made me hide because I. It's blatantly obvious that I couldn't be who I was. You know. So I feel like there were multiple masks that I had to put up. I feel like, you know, there was walls that I set in place that allowed me to show different different people, different things of myself. Like I became I became the class clown. I became the guy with the with the big personality. Um I became the guy that was always gonna say what was on his mind. Mm. Um I became the guy that everybody wanted to be friends with. Um I was the I was the guy that was smart, but no one ever thought he was going to actually do well on tests because he was just such a clown. But then, oh, he did well. You know, that was the guy. So I was I made sure I became the guy that everybody wanted around, but everybody didn't care anything about his personal life because I never wanted to dig into that with friends or people that I had around me. That's interesting. It's interesting. I was kind of like that in high school a little bit. I'm a Libra. So I'm naturally friendly and people are naturally into me. Um, so I was always, you know, thought about when it came to who who's funny. Like I I won um, my high school superlative, Drama King. I was always drama out. <laughs> I will say that. I was always drama out. I was always low-key in some drama, but it was like this petty stuff. Like, But it was like the... The friendly petty stuff, like if my if someone that was a mutual friend was talking shit, I would be the person to be like, "Ooh, girl, she was talking shit. I don't like that. She fake." I started some shit, but I was being a good friend. Whatever, mm. that's here nor there. Um, but I was 
definitely that guy who, if I felt like everyone liked me because I was funny, mm-hmm. that would overshadow everything else. Right, same. That would over like that would overshadow people thinking like I'm gay. That would overshadow people objectifying my body. If people just thought I was gay and I was fun to be around, I gave good conversation. Me and my friends, I, I hung with in crowds. Me and my friends, we were you know we were known. I was a student aide, so mm-hmm. I was able to get out of classes. I felt like being that I had that kind of stuff that would overshadow. Now, after graduation, I realized that shit didn't mean anything because you still have to work on you as a person. For me, these the walls I put up, I mean, I like to think that they're all down, but I know that they're not. When I can actually hold a deep conversation, people are like, oh, wow, you're smart. <laughs> I'm fighting somebody if they talk to me like that. I'm and I'm somebody. like, you would have known that if you got to know me after day one. I'm going to beat somebody's ass if they say something to me Well, like no, what I'm, what I'm saying is like, I get that I still, some of these childhood things that I, I had dealt with in the past are still present now. And I try to combat them so that way I can I can continue my self-growth, but they're there. And I mean, if I don't realize them, then I can never tackle them. But just like, like I went on a date and, you know, I was funny. I was witty. I was quick with responses. But day two came and he was like, you have a brain. He didn't say it like that, but he was basically like quiet because he was so shocked that I could actually talk with him on a level on different topics. Like, he wasn't expecting it because of the wall I had put up. Through text message and FaceTime, I only showed him one version of myself because that was a version I wanted him to like. But it's like, if you can't have me at my best, you don't need me at my... If you can't have me at my worst, you don't need me at my best. Hmm. And I mean that. So, I mean... I mean, for me, I know I still I still have some of these childhood traumas that I'm still, I'm, I'm still unpacking today. Um, for you, what are some of those things that you are still struggling Ooh, to girl. unpack? Lord... Um, I'm gonna give you some, not all. Give uh, me the juicy one. The juicy one. Ugh. Well, one is trust. I feel like my trust was compromised at an early age. Um, and so I have a hard time, and that's with anybody, because it could be someone who's just trying to be strictly on a platonic level, mm-hmm. or someone who you know may necessarily want to take it further than that. But I've always, it's I'm I'm unbothered all the time. It's hard it's hard to impress me, um, and I just have this like you have to break down a large wall to be my friend, or for me to really embrace you like that. And that's something I am to this day still struggling with because that's, I've always struggled with that as a child. I've always been taught, you know, to not necessarily trust everyone or anyone that everyone's in your corner, and you have to be mindful of that because snakes are in your garden and you don't see them all the time. That is definitely one of the walls I deal with today. Another one is um, self acceptance. I haven't really accepted myself, and I know I talk a lot of big shit, but if we're gonna be completely honest. There are some things, you know, that are lying beneath me that I battle with on an everyday basis. But at the same time, I don't let it, you know, stop me or try to stop me mm. from my everyday activities. Um, I, I refuse to be that person because I've been that person in the past. I've been that person in the past to let it affect how I communicate with others. I've let it affect how I, you know, acknowledge myself and acknowledge my self-worth. Um, so that's something I definitely deal with today. And, and honestly, I deal with in, in self-empowerment. I try to speak those affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, a third one is, um, 
I will say that a third one is love. I've never been the kind of person who like, so, and even as a child, I, as a child, I didn't grow up witnessing the institution of love. Right. That's one thing I will say. So being that I didn't witness that, I don't know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it feels like. I can honestly say that I've never quote unquote been loved by someone who like wants to like love me on a partnership type of level. I've had I've had two failed relationships, but I can't I can never say I feel like they loved me. Um, so that's something I I, I sometimes feel like it's pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, or that, you know, I'm not looking for love and love shouldn't be looking for me. Sometimes that's what I feel like. Um, but those definitely are some walls I'm dealing with today that I've tr- I try to, you know, battle with on a daily basis. You know, what about you? Um, I mean, I have a few people always see the confident side, the smile. Um, but I mean, we all go through stuff, you know, like we, we're human. We all have things that we deal with. Um, for me, one of the things is also self love, but also love in a relationship. Um, some a lot of mornings I wake up and I don't I don't look at myself in a very loving fashion. Mm-hmm. So I have to make it a point to constantly tell myself like, "You a boss. You look good. You're just smart. Use is kind and use is important." Um, and it's not that's not everybody's thing. Not everybody is gonna do that. But that is what gets me. To a point in the day to where I can say, I am happy with who I am and where I am and what I'm going to be. But also loving a relationship. Like, it is hard for me to get to a point to where I want to date a guy. I don't trust. Because when I came out, every man I knew turned it back on me. I mean, not every man. Like, I had some of my brothers that was cool. But, you know, what I'm saying is, like, they turned it back on me. And I didn't have any gay relationship idols to look at in, like, my everyday life. To understand what that is. um, To kind of show me now i know that is the same thing as like a normal relationship but then i didn't know so i set these markers in my head to think that a gay relationship had to have this this and this and this and this and that's not the case um but it's trust is hard i don't know if anyone that's listening if you did have a hard time coming out you know that the trust level for you is always heightened because it's harder for you to give it's harder for you to trust people like, for me, I'm always like, does this nigga have a hidden agenda? Do he really like me? And if so, will he cheat on me? And it's sad to have those moments. It is. And I mean, I don't want to have them. So now I try to I try to take myself out of it. Because having those moments will make you stop dating. And for me, I'm like back in the dating scene. Like, I am putting myself out there, like actively. Even though there's one person I do want in particular, and he know who he is. And I let him know who oh, he God. is. But Fuck that love shit. keep going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, keep going. I'm very, I'm very, but I'm very much the hopeless romantic because I've seen my parents. So I've always wanted, uh, I always wanted a loving relationship with kids and a dog and a fish, you know, like a fish and a minivan to soccer games, like with my kids. Like I've always wanted that American my, relationship, my but, <laughs> um, that made my head hurt, but I'm always scared to take the risk to get it. Because I don't like to be hurt. But I mean, now I'm actually like, in order for you to unpack these childhood traumas, you have to un- identify what they are and say, I see what they are. But I'm going to step over this hurdle and put myself all the way out there. And what's the worst that can happen? I mean, my heart can get broken. Yes. But at the end of the day, I got to do it. I have to put myself out there to better myself, to find love. You know, if you don't if you don't get hurt, how do you know what love is? If you don't experience the bad, how do you know what the good is actually good? If you don't experience that bad, then the good is just mediocre. It doesn't make you want to hold on to it. And I think, like for me, I have not been in a relationship. I mean, I might have had many um, appointments and encounters, but I have not been in a relationship. And it's because I hold that to a whole different standard. And I guess I look at relationships as a different, in a different light. 
usually it shocks people. They're like, how do you look at relationships like this and you haven't been in one? Because I know what I want and I value, I value a relationship so differently that I have to treat it on a whole different level. And I mean, like all of these childhood traumas are created by non-accepting environments. And I mean, like childhood trauma goes to a lot of other things like being raped as a kid and, you know, having women, having people pair you up with other um, spouses, like when people are arranged marriages, like that's all non-accepting environments. Um, mm. Mm. I'm sorry. I would not want to be in an arranged marriage. I mean, I wouldn't want to be either. Um, so, that yeah, I mean, all, all of those environments are non-accepting. Which forces you to create these child, which forces these childhood traumas to show face, and you have to figure out how to manage them and unpack them. Um, do you feel like that is a that is a decent upbringing? Like, do you feel like these these upbringings, like my upbringing and your upbringing, created a tough skin that we needed to live in today's society? I'll speak for myself. I definitely think. The upbringing, and I'll even go beyond my upbringing, like experiences I've had definitely have created a tough skin that I feel I needed. Some may disagree that you know it's not it's not healthy to have a tough skin. Some may think that, and I realize I realized this recently. Mm-hmm. I realize I'm a hypersensitive person, yeah. So it's better for someone like me to keep tough skin. Mm. So that none of my my insecurities are fucked with to like affect those senses, I love affect that those you emotions. That. I absolutely love that you said that. So I feel like I needed those experiences and those experiences as a child to create the tough skin I need. So I don't take no fuck shit. And you already know that's what I'm about. I'm I don't fall for the okie doke. I think everything's a setup from the get go. I think everything's a setup. So I feel like that keeps me aware in the, in the now. And for me, I learned so much about like keeping myself guarded so that I don't break down or so that I don't. Because I used to be also that person who, who bottled everything up and then I would just let it freaking overflow and I would be an emotional wreck. And I realized I didn't like how I was perceived in those, in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so anything that does not align with my spirit, that doesn't align with what I, that's not a part of my mantra, I block it out immensely. And I don't care how you feel about it. I've lost friends over that. Like I, if, and that's new, like if you speak to me a certain type of way that I don't like, I'm done. Like I'm not going to go no further with you. And, if you, and you, especially if you can't understand where I'm coming from, fuck it. Right. Forget about it. So I definitely put up that tough skin. And I'm glad I have it now progressing with it. Mm-hmm. So it could be getting tougher. And maybe one day I could take it off and just be as vulnerable as I want to. But now, Jared in his 20s likes the tough skin. I like not being vulnerable, if I should say. And yeah. that's not a bad thing. What about you? Um, well, I'm, na- I'm naturally not that vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a very nonchalant person. So hearing you say you're hypersensitive, I'm the direct opposite. I'm very not. Um, I'm very much like, okay, you say that. Great. Okay. Moving on. Um, but that is very much me. I definitely don't think that non-accepting upbringing is... For me, do I feel like it created a tough skin I needed? No. Absolutely not. 
I love my upbringing and I love how I was raised. Do I think it could have been done differently? Absolutely. But do I think there's a parent, a guy, a parenting guide? No. So do I think my parents did exceptionally well with what tools that they were given to raise a gay child? Absolutely. Um, but I think you don't have to teach your child tough to be a tough skin. Teach them to live freely and comfortably in themselves. So much to where no matter what people say, it should not get to them because they're so in tune with who they are. Um, I think that is what I needed as a kid because I'm naturally nonchalant. So it's already hard to get to me. Mm-hmm. It's already hard to hurt my feelings. And yeah, I do internalize a lot. I do. And things do get to me. But if you tell me I'm ugly, great. I'm so happy I'm not your type. Moving on. Like that, that, that is not going to do nothing to me. Like, little things like that won't do anything to me. So, I realize now I'm not hypersensitive. I'm not vulnerable. Um, I'm just very, that I'm very much in between. I feel like for my upbringing, um, maybe having a gay role model might have been that, that thing for me to help me grow up. Um, now, actually having a gay role model. Um, he's very much like everything I could, I could want to be in an adult gay man. Um, and I, I mean, we started working together with six months ago and he's just taught me so much about life, so much about just living and, and being free and enjoying life. And it's crazy because he don't even know that he's doing it, but I see it. It's like when you have a gay role model that has a healthy relationship and you see him working, but cooking and cleaning and, and traveling and just living life and enjoying himself, it kind of makes you look at life differently. Because I've never had that gay role model. I never had a gay had a gay adult that I looked up to. Um, I didn't grow up in a place where that was a thing. True, same. So now having that, I'm realizing so much about myself and my upbringing that I was like, oh, maybe I could have did this differently. Maybe my, you know, they, my parents could have had someone like that. Maybe they could have identified and say, oh, my child is gay. Let me let him explore that for himself. Let me not shut him out. Um, so no, I feel like that. It, that upbringing, that non-accepting upbringing, yes, it does force you to have tough skin. But it forces you to have tough skin in a different light. I realized that I was, I had to, I was toxic. I was, a, I was a man who was very masculine and very toxic. Um, I wouldn't clean my room. Why? Why should I have to? My mama going to do it. Oh, yeah, one of them kind of mamas. No, I mean, she was very much like, get your ass up and clean your fucking room. Oh. But I'm very much like, I'm going to just leave it dirty for three months and she's going to do it because she's going to be three tired. Months? And then we're going to have guests over and she's going to have to clean it. Oh, no. Like, I was I was, I was, was that kid. I was a spoiled brat. I hate to say it, but I was. And now I can identify it because I'm, self-actualization is key. You better take my quote and use it. Okay, dude. that is quoted by Jared Griffin, yes. 2020. But no, um, so I realized I was very toxic. Like, there were certain things that I wouldn't do because I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't value it. Like, I didn't care to do it. Now, actually, being around more gay men that are older and that are successful and that are living healthy lives and relationships, I see there are things that I could do. Like, even with parenting, now watching celebrities parent their kid, like Dwayne. Dwayne Reed. Perfect parent. And there's no guy, but he's doing an exceptional job as a straight man. He definitely is. And I... We applaud him. I applaud it. I idolize him for it. But do you feel like um, you could have gotten tougher skin other ways besides a non-accepting environment? Absolutely. I, like I said, I feel like 
I feel like the world doesn't need tough skin. I feel like wait a if minute, we, a too far. Then. No, no, no. Oh, I feel like wait. if we, as a collective whole, worldwide, which I know will never happen. Let's say the U.S. Will never as a country, will never if we raise our children to be themselves, because no, it's the truth. I mean, I, I generally see, you know, white families. I hate to say it like this, but white families raise their children to be themselves. Yeah, you have to uphold the family name, but you can be you and be the best you can be. You know, I, I see a lot of white gay men get to grow up as themselves. Um, I feel like a lot of a lot of white gay men get to grow up as themselves, and I feel like that's what the black community is lacking, which is why we have so many down low and discreet men mm-hmm. because we're we we grow up in a toxic environment. So you're speaking to black families right now? Yeah, we grow up in a toxic environment, which makes us put up these walls and these different. You know, um, you know what kills it? What the Bible Belt? Absolutely, the Bible Belt kills it. I mean, I never understood the Bible Belt. I never understood the Bible much. I grew up Catholic, but I'm, I very much like was sleep in church, and even like even like religion class, my mom had to beg me to go. So I mean, religion for me was there because it was within my family, but it wasn't my thing. Think about it. I, I wasn't really worried about it. Think about it. Even those people who aren't necessarily. In tune that hard with their faith. They as soon as you bring up homosexuality, oh, the good book says, baby, you can't even give me 10 books in the Bible. Let me tell you, I love when people do that. I love it. Please love it give me a Bible. Please, please read me for Bill on the Bible. Because my first question is So, did you have sex out of real life? You don't lie. You didn't have a baby before you was married. Oh, you didn't move in with your husband before y'all slept together? Mm-mm. I get you. I ask you all these mm-hmm. questions because I want to know. Like, I had a girl trying to baptize me. What, what, what? In college. Yes. She That's was like, Satan. You know, that so is demonic. She told me it's a sin to be gay with her God. And I told her, I said, but your God she also. Right. She was like, I said, but your God also says it's a sin to have sex and you just had a threesome. But here's how I debunk all that shit with the Bible. I be telling her, oh, you trying to throw that book at me? That that book all them niggas wrote who knew Jesus that Jesus didn't write himself? Okay, baby. I'll get back with you on that later. Because Mark, Matthew, Joseph, Matt, Daquan, Jason, none of them. All of them are just their stories. See, I like to hit them where it hurt. I want, I want you to know that I know your story enough to know that you ain't that holy. But I mean, for me, I just feel like I don't support non-accepting environments as a collective whole. I don't care who is it coming from. And I mean, I correct people nowadays. They're like, oh, my son, he needs to stop crying. I'm like, no, let your son cry. Let him experience those emotions. What you're telling him is, don't, you, don't, you don't need to know how to control your emotions. You can go out and beat your wife when you're 30 because you don't know how to control your anger. No, let that little boy cry. Let I do, him experience I do that. wish something that's something I would have had. Like, I don't think it was ever... A- and I was a crier, and every time they doubt, they would see me cry. I was like, "Why are you crying? Like, what the hell are you crying for?" I I don't think I I don't think I've ever cried. I cried when my dad told me he loved me, and being in the same sentence, I cried. Um, other than that, I I am emotionally a void. Like I am a void. You just numb on the inside. Like I don't cry. I mean, but now it's the walls are coming down, and I'm more aware of them. So now I'm trying to experience a wider range of emotions, but it's that toxic environment that made me put things in place. It was like, oh, well, if you experience pain, put that wall up right there. Pain don't equal cry. We don't cry. We just internalize the pain. Oh, next wall. This, this, and this. You don't do this. Like it was. That. When I got when I got in, in high school and a little bit after high school, I it transitioned from crying to fighting. Mm. If anyone made me feel any type of way, that sorrow quickly turned into redemption. Mm. And vengeance. 
and I wanted to split your fucking skull. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut Ooh, you like wow. that. But I wanted to split your skull. Hmm. I mean, that's that's interesting. But that's uh, that's a little toxic. I will say that that's something. I, that's a toxic behavior I possess. I'm very much so. Oh, fuck all that shit. Let's just fight. So I'm asking you this: Are you grateful for the lessons you've learned within that non-accepting upbringing? Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for all lessons that I learned, even the ones that you know I bought upon myself. So you're grateful, but not supportive. Is what I'm hearing. Yes, I'm grateful, not supportive, because I won't want my child to be brought up in Got it. that kind of situation. Now, granted, I didn't have a bad like I didn't grow up bad or anything. Like I, I just think I wasn't. My emotions weren't tended to, mm-hmm. and w- which left me emotionally handicapped. Yeah. I'm a single mom, so she did everything she had to do to make sure we had food on the table. Right. But when it came, like, my mom, I said mom, but a lot of things you weren't, like, you didn't connect to emotionally, and you didn't realize that until after, you know, your boy was at the house. Ooh, child. Ooh. Um, but yeah, mom, there were some things you didn't connect to emotionally, and we talked about it. Me and my mom, we've had a heart-to-heart, you know? Um, but I do think, you know, if a lot of things I went through emotionally as a child were caught, yeah. I would be a different total person right now. Oh, yes. I'd be a totally different person. I agree. I hundred percent agree. Like I'm so grateful for the way I was, I was so, I'm so grateful for the lessons I've learned through growing up. Cause let me tell you, I've been through a lot. Let me tell you, growing up in an unaccepted environment will make you lie, cheat, and steal. I mean, lie and cheat, not steal for me, but it was mostly lie and cheat. Um, let me tell you, I've been in car accidents because of it. Almost expelled from college because of it. Um, phone stolen, wallet stolen because of it. I had a bad experience with a thug because of it. That you know he put might have pulled something out on me because of it. Like growing up in these environments don't don't benefit no one. Am I grateful for what I've learned through it? Yes, because it made me more aware of my surroundings and just life in general. That. Even people you think are, you know, cool and want to do things could do things, could do things. I mean, so with that being said, I mean, we've literally covered, you know, being authentic. Were we, were we authentic to ourselves growing up? Um, You know, how did we try to hide humiliation and prejudice and what it was like to put those walls up and then unpacking that in our adulthood? Are we still unpacking it or are we not? Um, and like just the environment we grew up in, do we, do we support it? Do we not support it? Do we think it's okay? And I think the message that I want to leave with parents that are going to listen to this, even if you have a kid that's, you know, a week old, um, the main thing I want you to know is pay attention to your child, Mm, pay mm. attention in all caps, because you, as a parent, you know, your child, you know, your child is gay. My mama knew I was gay before I came out at 11. You know, your child, your mama knew too. Mm -hmm. She knew. My mama knew when she enrolled me into ballet in fourth grade. Right. Like, you make us. We are the very fabric <clears throat> of your <clears throat> essence. But you pay attention to your, like, for real, though, you have to pay attention to your children. Because think about it. Your son details to you 20 years later. How you hurt them. How you hurt them. And it's like a, and, and 20 years on went by. You and you're hurting because you put yourself through this. You put yourself through this and you put your son through that. So pay attention to your child and like show interest in your child and make sure your your child realizes that you're showing interest in their child. One thing I regret is not necessarily detailing to my mom 
the things I was actually interested in yeah. and the things I wanted her to be interested in with me as well. I feel like I would I feel like I would have been like Beyonce if my mom was But also it's okay like, to not have that many interests. Like it's okay. It's okay. But as a parent, know that your child does not have that many interests. Right. I'll be like, okay, my son, he ain't gonna do that much. Okay. If your son laid back, okay, just know, know your son laid back. If your son is hyper and he he likes all these activities, you need to keep up with the game. And I've witnessed parents like that. They know that their child likes to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Right. And they're right with them A, B, C, D, E, F, and G and waiting for H to come up. And you know, that is why I don't buy that my parents didn't know growing up because my mom can literally tell you what all eight of us eat and what all eight of us don't eat or drink. She know what all eight of us would wear and we, what we wouldn't wear, how we would speak and how we wouldn't speak, things we would do and how we wouldn't do it. So yeah, you did not know I was gay. You know, I feel like... You know your child. So if you pay attention and you know your child, then you make that makes for a, a great parenting guy, right? Mm-hmm. But the next thing is, as parents, they we I was, I was about to say we like I got a child. Ooh, Lord. Might do I the Lord Jesus. Okay, lies. As <laughs> as parents, you have to stop putting your goals and aspirations about life on your child. Just because you didn't achieve it, your your daughter don't need to be a cheerleader because you couldn't make it on the college cheerleading team. Your son don't need to be an NBA player because you got cut before the draft. Or not, and like not even certain things like that. Some parents even go below the belt and be like, "You are this was the last name. You are a Johnson. You are a Johnson. Johnson men don't amount to Something. nothing, right? Johnson women never win, right? Like things like that. That's trauma. That's trauma to a child right yeah. there because you're setting these preconceived notions that damn." I really ain't gonna be shit. Yeah. Let me settle for this nine to five at this warehouse or this Burger King. You know, my mama said I ain't gonna be I'm shit. I'm so happy you said that. That might be why you know I be trying to talk to multiple people at the same time. But now I'm I'm a one man army. But you know that might be why you're a one man army. Okay. Because you know I got my eye on the prize. You know out there. You know who he is. I got my eye on the prize. Anyways, but oh, don't laugh. But I mean, I guess that that could be a thing because like men in my family was idolized for you know. Being a player, being able to get multiple women. So that was a lot of pressure. And I think I adapted that mindset. Like, it, it makes me something else in life. It makes me bigger and better. It doesn't. It just makes you more confused and more combative when guys don't want you. Um, but I think that is something, like, that was put on me from my family. Like, my brothers were womanizers. Some of them still are. My uncles, womanizers. My aunts. Is that manizers a thing? You better read. I mean, no, it's not a read. It's, That's a read. No, it's not. It's just a fact. But I mean, oh. like, being like... I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I mean, like, women are manizers. Like, that is a thing. So, Period. I think I adapted that mindset. But now I've kinda, I'm have kind of i kind of unpacking that mindset. Um, but, like, the next thing is, if you notice your child are gay. If you notice your child is gay, right? Talk to them. That's what I say. So That's what I approach with it. Talk try to... Them. Put them in spaces where they accept it. Also, find them different circles where they can have friends or role models or see people like them. Because all I wanted was to see someone like me. Yeah, I think the best approach with it, and I ain't telling you how to raise your kids. I'm just saying I wish something this thing was done to me. If my mom would have realized, okay, I might got a little fruitcake coming up. Okay, let me throw some test ideas at him and see how he reacts. Let me invite this person over. Or let's go to this event and see how he reacts to it. Does he like it? Does he like playing with nails? Does he like playing with Barbies? Does he like? Can he hold a basketball? Let me do things like this so I can gauge where my I, like what my child 
will feel comfortable with and don't feel comfortable with. I mean, I feel like that's that's a good thing, but that's also bad because you have some gay men who are super athletic and are super into sports. I mean, but they will be, but they would also they would gravitate yeah, that to true. that. They would gravitate to that. I mean, but there's other things that notate that you're right. gay. Not just I, honestly, sports. I just I just wanted, I just wanted some support, and I think as a kid, that's all you want. And I guess some people grow up without, you know, a mom or without a dad or without both parents and both them. But essentially, we want support. We just want to hear you say, it is okay and I love you. Mm, it's funny you say that. That's like honestly, honestly, every time my daddy tells me I love you, I get emotional because I think about the times he didn't say it. And it's crazy because my dad was the emotional one and my mom wasn't. But I think about all the times he didn't approve of me being gay and all the things I did to hide me being gay and all the trouble it got me in. Then I'm like, ooh, I have that support. Like you said, like Big Frida said, once you have the support of your parents, nothing else in the life, nothing else in the world matters. Oh my god, it's so crazy you say that. Because when for Christmas, right. my father we rekindled, mm-hmm. and the conversation we had was very much so. He was like, "Son, I don't want you to ever feel like I hated you. I don't want you to ever feel like I didn't love you. Like I love you immensely. You're my you're my youngest son. You're my baby boy." And my aunt says something. She was talking to somebody else, but she said something to the fact it was like, "What? It's okay for little boys to play with dolls." Cause see, I was I I, I get it. Cause my interest is just so all over the place. So I don't think my parents would have ever been able to gauge um, where I would have fallen on the gay spectrum because it's so much like I was into animals and I loved being out. I love I loved anything that had to do with animals. Like I had fish, I had birds, I had hamsters, I had hearts. I had I was an animal person and I enjoyed that. Um, no, thank you. But I also enjoyed doing hairs, nails, makeup, and you know, cooking and stuff like that. Like I enjoyed that also. But then I was also a superhero nerd. Like you just couldn't figure out where I was. So I think that made it hard for them. No matter how hard it is, like I said, you know your child. You know your child. You know what you have to do to connect with your child. I just feel like it's easier for people to handle things, process things when they are able to put a label on something. So I think it's I think that's why bisexual people get such a bad rep because people can't necessarily pinpoint if they like just women or if they just like men. Mm. So when it comes to being gay men or gay in general and having to come out to your parents, they're like, well, what type of gay are you going to be? How are you actually going to be? So it's easier for them to kind of deal with it and move on. And I'm like, yeah. You guys, thank D'Angelo, the gay advocate she said on Instagram, because he just came to some knowledge. He just came in for a quick moment, dropped that knowledge on you, and then he's gone again. But it's, I'm so happy he said that because literally, that was my life. Mine too. My mom thought I was bisexual. She was like, I, "You can't be gay. You can be bisexual." Yeah. No, that wasn't the case for me. That was the case for me. She was like, "You can be bisexual. You can't be gay. You can be bisexual. You can't. You can like both." Because I, t- I told, I think I told you, but I definitely told you that, like when I came out, my sister told me, "You can be gay, but." Can you be this type of gay? Because this type of gay I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I was just like, wow. I had someone tell me, be like, can you be the gay that get a dick and not take the dick? I was like. Let me tell you, the only new, the ones that take it are the ones that they probably be with most of the time. Anyway, anyway. We the we, Anyway, that's a whole nother episode, everyone. I, I felt triggered, so I just had to let it out. Anywho. Parents, because listen, pay attention to your chilling. Pay attention to them crumb snatches. Okay. Pay attention to them crumb snatches running around the corner. You pop, especially during this court. 
look. If you see your child being creative and making pink nails and painting a pinky, let's ask him. Buy that bitch a Barbie little thing so she can start work. She can I'll make you some him. money. Look. Okay, say, um, son. The little Do Barbie hair. you like the pink? I wouldn't go that far. You can't ask him the kid that. Can't ask a kid like I wish they would ask me because I was trying to figure out what the peen was. You can't ask a kid they like the peen. You gotta start soft. That's yeah. a little bit. That's 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 R. Kelly ish. Okay, well, parents, how about this? How about we we identify our child and the things that they like? Then we assess how can we because think about how it, can have... we incorporate that into our daily lives to help mm-hmm. our child flourish into the best possible self. Yeah, they can be. You have metrosexual men and they be tearing the pussy down. Sorry to say pussy on They be tearing it down. down. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying nothing wrong with that. But pay attention <laughs> to your damn chilling because we don't need... Look, it's already enough damaged kids and damaged adult kids, i.e. Oh. us, out here in the world now. So we don't need no more, look. We don't need no more. Right. And you know, it's crazy because I, I had a conversation with my dad and I told him these are like like we had a really good conversation and it was like you was you was angry at your parents for these certain things, right? Why do you want to give your child a reason to be angry with you when they grow up? I mean, for me, whatever I have as a kid, yes, he's gonna have two dads because I'm not giving him the option. He's gonna have a lot of aunts and a lot of play aunts as women or she's gonna have a lot of them as women role models. But you're gonna have two dads. And if you happen to be straight, I'm sorry, I can't teach you how to be a straight man, but I can teach you how to be a man. Because I'm a man first. I'm a man first. And then whatever that whatever that arrest entails is you. But I want to put you in an environment where you're comfortable. Like, if you want to be a straight man and play with Barbie dolls and you want to go to a Barbie doll clinic, I'm going to take you to that Barbie, doll, that Barbie doll clinic. And I'm going to support you with the little women you have on the side. That is just it. I ain't going to lie. If I had a son, I would be so with the shits. If he was straight, I would be so with... The shit I be buying him condoms. I would be. You ever seen um Love Don't Cost a Thing with Nick Cannon <laughs> and um Steve Harvey? I would have been like Steve Harvey. <laughs> I would have been like Steve Harvey. Listen, you know I'm with it because I'm with it with my straight friends. Listen, my I, straight friends come into town and they go back to broken broken relationships because I don't. I'd be up. so with the shit if my son was strapped. Like, look, son, hey, you, how old you is? Seventeen? Oh yeah, you can tell down some pussy oh. now. <laughs> you gonna tell you gonna tell you down some pussy now. You I'm so glad I ain't got kids. Oh, I'm I might so have glad. one or two out there. I'm so glad I ain't got kids. I ain't got, and I don't wow. want no damn kids. Wow. I, I'm not surprised. Right. If he got kids, I'm not surprised. He, I, he be slinging dick all over LA. Let's not say that. I don't. I don't. I don't do those type of activities. You, you guys. I do not support this so message. Gonna, <laughs> so you gonna so. sit there and fix your lips and tell that lie? You gonna tell that lie? <laughs> You guys, please For listen. Excuse me, you guys. We don't believe you. They don't believe you. Please listen up. They still don't believe you. This is sponsored by Darian Mookie Gidry. I do not condone any of those type of activities. I'm a very, you know, um, wait till marriage type of guy. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I don't know what Jared's talking about. Because I sling nothing. I don't even know how to sling anything. I, I can't even spell sling, you guys. I'm just putting it out there. And this is the end of my message. Thank and you guys thank for you. listening. And thank you for tuning on, on April Fools. Um, oh, I like how you did that pun there. <laughs> thank you for tuning on clever. April Fools. Thank you. Yes. Well, we're uh, going we're gonna, to we're gonna see what type of person I am tonight. I'm going to bed. 
Okay. He may be going to bed, but who's he going to bed with? And I say, what? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Jesus no. um, don't bring the Lord up listen, in, in your fiasco. Listen, I sing this song every day. <laughs> On some serious note, though, y'all, y'all be safe at the end of this coronavirus crisis. I, I know it's hard for a lot of us to social distance ourselves, because it's hard for me. And I know the freaks out there in the world, it's hard for y'all. Y'all, y'all used to getting plowed three times a week, and Four times a week, sometimes I feel the shade. I'm right, I right. you just get done two times a week. I said three or four. Oh, yeah, you're right. Wow, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, no, the but, ultimate like I, uh, relief over me. No, 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 but this, this applies to everybody. Y'all, I'm I, I was once a freak, and right, <laughs> let's not put those on me. Let's not put those titles on me. You said it though. You said you, you, felt, can't you put the shoe on, I said, and it fits, Cinderella. Adventurous. <laughs> I never said I was a freak. I don't know what that is. That sounds like an escort to me. It's shorter. <laughs> I you remember that. Listen, these shades. But please, everyone, stay safe. And um, I really can't tell you nothing about surviving coronavirus because I I'm surviving it. My I'm trying to survive it myself. Coronavirus. <laughs> Shit is real. It is real. Coronavirus. Yeah, Shit um, is real. If you do decide to shack up with a nigga during the coronavirus, just make sure you, uh, y'all have some latex on because you can definitely. They did say don't be rimming. They did. Who? Somebody released. Listen, saying, don't make sure he ain't got no fever. Who said that? Somebody released a statement joke. saying. No, it was like like a corporation of like the world. Somebody said like World Health Organization said don't eat, don't be eating ass. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me I'm not gonna get my pussy? <laughs> Oh, nigga, have you on that? They literally said, don't eat ass. I want my money back. <laughs> I want my citizenship back. <laughs> hey, yo, and for those and for those who are furloughed, peace, love, and chicken grease, because I know y'all frying chicken over there eating baked beans. Let me tell you, my mama went out to get daiquiris. They went out to get daiquiris <laughs> during this and sat in line. My mom is a legend. That's hilarious. <laughs> she showed me the video. And then she saw me a video. Mm-hmm. All, this all Snapchat. Said, this is, and all, all you hear is my daddy. Well, this is a damn shame. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? This is a damn shame. That's all you hear him in the background. But yes, follow us on our social media platforms. A. You can follow me at or, or at uh, Avid the Great. It's A V I D T H E G R E A T, and Mookie at underscore King dot D G. And let's not forget about our popping queen. No, that's okay. And that's it. Our queen. Let's not forget about our queen that came in to give you a snippet of knowledge. And her at is at the gay sheep said. So, yes, you guys, follow us, like us, comment it, add us. Just give us honest and pure feedback. Let us know what you think we can improve on, what you think we're doing great at, um, things you want to hear, things you may not enjoy. Um, just anything. We are here for you. We are here just spreading knowledge for the audience. Yes. Yeah. Why? Yes. Yes. 
Okay, and on that note, we're going to end it. Coronavirus! <laughs> Shit is real! <laughs> Coronavirus! <laughs> Shit is real! <laughs>